Welcome to your October edition of the Spartan Pod, where we talk about stuff and things. My name is Dexter. And my name is Jeremiah. And the stuff and things we are talking about today is everyone's favorite topic, candy. But not just any candy. Poisonous candy. You were never a kid in America if you didn't learn to fear poison candy or candy with needles or razor blades in it. No kid was safe and your mom had to anxiously dig through your bag of candy in search of potential offenders. And we all know she is really stealing the good stuff. But the reality is, the threat of eating a piece of candy with poison or a razor blade tucked neatly in it are greatly exaggerated. And so, trick-or-treaters, where did this ominous rumor begin? Two sociologists and criminal justice experts named Joel Best and Gerald Rucci conducted an extensive study on the affectionately named Halloween sadism, focusing on the crimes that specifically involve tampering with trick-or-treaters' candy. They found most of the cases that had been overstated and were not actually linked with Halloween. However, there were two cases that probably upped the paranoia in the 60s and 70s. The first was in 1964 when a woman named Helen Fafil was arrested for handing out things like ant poison and dog biscuits to trick-or-treaters. However, these treats were not disguised as candies. These packages were openly distinguishable because they also contained steel wool pad and were wrapped in aluminum foil. When the police questioned her, Fafil said she was joking and only gave the packages to the kids that she felt were too old to be trick-or-treating. And her neighbors and her neighbors and the police did not see the humor, obviously. The irony in the situation is that Fafil has two sons, ages 14 and 16, who had gone trick-or-treating with their father that night. The second incident is far scarier. For those intending to participate in the trick-or-treating festivities in 1974, Ronald O'Brien or Deer Park, Texas gave cyanide-laced pixie sticks to his 8-year-old son and 6-year-old daughter and three other neighborhood children. His reason? He was over $100,000 in debt and unable to keep a job. In order to get out of debt, he took a large life insurance policy out on his son and put his horrible plan into action. The other pixie sticks were given out simply to cover his tracks, large 21-inch pixie sticks that would entice any sugar-fueled trick-or-treater. O'Brien opened each stick and filled the top two inches with pure cyanide. Each stick contained enough cyanide to kill two to four fully grown adults. Luckily, the other children did not consume the pixie sticks, though there were some close calls. Unluckily, poor Timothy did eat his and died in his father's arms shortly thereafter. Also the arms of his murderer. O'Brien was sentenced to death and given the nickname The Candyman. Anti-Halloween hysteria hit its apex in the 80s after the Tylenol murders in late September or early October of 1982. While unknown individuals tampered with Tylenol brand pill bottles, replacing the acetomethin inside the capsules with potassium cyanide. Seven people died in the initial poisonings, and several more deaths occurred in the copycat murders. Even though this event had nothing to do with Halloween or Halloween candy, the fact that it took place in the days and weeks leading up to Halloween was enough to strike fear in hearts of mothers everywhere who were about to let their children take candy from strangers. The culprit of this heinous crime was never caught. More recently, a fear of sharp objects and candy has become a larger concern for Halloween revelers, but these events are far from an epidemic. In fact, they are extremely rare. One incident happened in 2000 in Minneapolis, Maine. James Joseph Smith stuck needles into a Snickers bar to hand it up to trick-or-treaters. While several children bit into the Snickers, discovering the needle, there was only one injury, a teenager, who was pricked by one of the needles. The injury was so small, he didn't even bother going to see a doctor. The reality is that it is more likely that you will be a victim from a family member in a drug boyfriend somewhere than a stranger handing out razor blades to you. Homemade treats into a sharp object are much better than individually jewelry wrapped in packaging you see in candy bags today. 
As always, the myth is always stranger and scarier than the real thing. So how can you keep yourself safe? Well, it's fairly simple. Rule one, don't accept homemade treats. While most adults know that they should give out individually wrapped, professionally sealed packages, you might get the occasional old person who doesn't, need, who doesn't know better. While I am sure the food is probably delicious, don't risk it. Just throw it out. Rule two, check your packaging before you rip into your candy like a vicious wolverine. Make sure all your packaging is intact. Anything that is open, even a little, isn't worth the risk. You have a whole bag of other candy you know you saved. And rule three, smash your candy before you eat it. Now, this rule is a little extreme, but if you fear a tiny little needle hidden inside your candy, you might consider smushing the candy before you eat it. Smashed candy tastes the same as unsmashed candy, and it ends up smashed when you chew it anyways. Now you know the realities and dangers of Halloween. Stay safe out there, Spartans, and be sure to tune into the Spartan Pod next time. Happy, Happy Halloween! Halloween.